Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media. A good story is a good story. Hosted by Marsha Casper Cook. Live shows every week with interesting interviews in the entertainment field with writers, producers, directors, and screenwriters. There's also shows about newsworthy topics and group discussions about writing tips to help writers reach success. New to the show are conversations about personal struggles and how to feel good about yourself in today's world. One thing's for sure, it's always a lively conversation and lots of fun. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha. We've got a great show today. And we're going to start it off right right off now. I'm not, I don't have that many announcements because next week is Thanksgiving. So I'm going to Marta's on, Marta Moran Bishop, who has been on several times, Stephen Walker and Robert Walker. And they all were involved in Marta's project. So I thought this would be a great idea to see what inspired the book that she did, Mice, and her graphics that came in from Stephen and the editing from Robert. So I thought that's where we'll go. But I, at first, I would like every all of them to introduce themselves so that you know who they are. Marta? <clears throat> Hi, my name is Marcia Moran Bishop, and if it wasn't for Robert Walker, I would not still be writing. He is a magnificent person, and his son Stephen is glorious, and I'm gra- so happy to have them both as friends. Um, I write in multiple genres and uh, have been for 14 or 15 years. Okay. That's and, about, and you are, okay, that's you. <laughs> well, there's a lot more to you. <laughs> okay. There's uh, Robert, a lot more to me, yeah. Uh, Robert, you, yeah. Robert's been on before also, and uh, Robert, you want to tell everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself because you're yeah. very, you know, everybody on yeah, here is an expert in what they do today. Yeah, I, I started, uh, I began writing in high school. Uh, my first novel was in um, emulation of Mark Twain, uh, his boys' book, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn. And I got it in my head that I could do the sequel. So I wrote my first book as kind of a sequel to Huckleberry Finn, which was a crazy idea. Well, anyway, uh, the book did good. get published. <laughs> The book did get published in 1982, and uh, now it's on Amazon. Uh, it's called Daniel Webster Jackson and the Wrong Way Railway. Since then, uh, having turned into a 75-year-old, uh, tomorrow's my birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Written, oh, happy uh, birthday. Right, right, right. I remember Marta saying that. Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, since uh, turning 75 uh, in that high school first book, uh, I got hooked on writing and had written Working on Mount Now, my 90th and my 91st novella. Oh. Wow. And, uh, so I've been a bit busy uh, also teaching. Uh, I love teaching, but I'm retired from teaching now, so I'm continuing on to uh, my new goal. I keep setting new goals. My new goal Good. is to make, uh, make out 100 books. And uh, my my books aren't short or anything. They're, they average about 70,000 books, 70,000 words. Uh, so I feel like uh, I've done pretty well for myself. And all my I books are so. on Amazon. Yeah. 
just go to are all your uh, books just on Amazon. Uh, are they on Amazon yeah. or are they on other places too? And, just um, Amazon. Oh, Audible. Uh, oh. And, um, some of them are. Uh, I still have some uh, that are still in uh, paperback. Kind of the paperback on ones on will that. also be. A, all the paperbacks will also be on um, Barnes and Noble. Amazon. Amazon. And Barnes yeah. and Noble paperbacks. Yeah. And the uh, couple of small publishers are uh, still holding uh, paperbacks. I've well, a lot the, of people want to. Yeah, a lot of people are going back to paperbacks because they're on the computer yeah. so much and the phone. I think they they just need a break. So I think it might turn into, you know, a different kind of world. Well, that's another story, but well, it could turn you. into where where people are reading to, books and holding them again. Well, thanks to Steve, uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting more and more in paperback. Yeah. He knows how to do things like that. Yeah, we, we right. put the envelope uh, on paperback on, on the Amazon. Uh, however, it's a process, and it's a daunting process because of the sheer number of books. Like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk? Let's talk about you a little, Stephen. Tell everybody what you do, and uh, then we'll all ask questions about what's going on with all well, of this because it's a good way to go with everybody on a team here. Certainly. Well, um, my name's Stephen Robert Walker. <laughs> I'm the son of Robert Walker. Uh, I've been a graphic designer for over 20 years now. Um, I graduated Florida State University with a degree in, in writing, actually, but I never really got anywhere with that. And then uh, discovered a school called Portfolio Center in Atlanta and uh, went through that process uh, and started freelancing after that and never looked back. Um, I did a lot of volunteer work for organizations in the area and got my name Great. out there and got business from that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing book covers for my dad for ages. And uh, so, so over time, I, I've uh, been doing book covers for all sorts of different authors because dad knows a lot of authors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, well, right. And I will say before I forget this, on the show page, everybody's website is there. So you can go, they all have really good websites that I can say, uh, and so designed be, by Stephen you, Walker. Yeah. Yes, and right. right, and so they're beautiful websites. So you can take a look, even if you're, you know, just not looking for the book, but just to see how the graphics. It, it's a, they're really, really good, you know. And and some people don't think it's necessary these days, but I still believe a website is really important. You need to have like a landing page. For, you can't always be on Facebook. You can't always be on Twitter. But everybody can find you on your website. So I love. I think it's important. All right, Marta. Okay, let's yeah. start with you. You got. You decided to do this book. Let's talk about myself. So because everybody was involved in that. So tell me how Actually, you started and what happened. There's four episodes. There's four right. episodes. And they're short little episodes. And how it started was is that for a solid year. The mice that live under the tack room in my horse barn were chewing through the dirt floor under the mats to get the little bits of grain. And they were chewing from three inches to four inches deep all around one side of the stall. 
And for lack of anything else handy, I was filling it in with manure. And then I read that there was supposed you could use peppermint balls in order to keep the mice away when they kept going after. And every day I was filling them in. And the peppermint balls would disappear. And so I'm standing with my husband and laughing about it. And I messaged Stephen and I said, what are they doing with it all? And he started sending me in DMs these graphics. And the it inspired me to write these little humorous stories about this mice community that them finding the, the place under the tack barn and making the community and inventors inventing things and um, a lot of camaraderie. But literally, Stephen and Robert edited and he taught me how to, he from the beginning taught me how important it was to use conversation to carry a story forward. And um, he helped add some conversation in and some things in in the editing. And the the books took off as as a result of me telling Stephen and then Robert helping. Without the three of us. Yeah, I think so, the Stephen, editing process is important in every every project. I, I wouldn't do oh, a yes, project it's very important. an editor. Yeah, yeah, we can't go with all my books editor. have been, really can't. And all my own books, I, I, I use editing alpha readers. Anybody who would uh, take a look at it, bother to take a look at it. And, no, uh, yeah. You can often, you can often find uh, alpha readers uh, that are happy to do it without charging at all. But, uh, of course, there are great editors. I I think of myself as an editor as well as a writer because I teach, uh, I teach, I've taught writing for 40 years. I think you know what you're doing. um, (laughs) Well, that's the thing. That's unfortunately the market the way it is. It's independent market is a great market. However, Independent publishing, you need to have editing, you need to have a good cover, you need to have a good story. You just can't take a book and throw it out there and just put it on Amazon. So this is why we're talking about this today, because all of these steps are important to making a good book. You know, um, it's nice, you know, all the people that are doing this now, I've done this for 20 years and I was an agent, so I know that people gave up. So it's not good. You just kind of, if you have a good story, you have to work on it, but you also have to follow the rules. And one of the basic rules is editing. If you don't, you just and eventually you can't write. Yes. And a great, a book, great book cover. Okay. Yeah, Stephen, let's talk about the great. I see a lot of pathetic, oh, yeah, I there see are. A lot of pathetic so, covers uh, on the end publishing. There are. But, you know, but you know what? Even in the big publishing houses, I've seen covers that I do not understand how it even passes anything. I mean, it's, it's a test of, and they're just not good. And they're from publishers, you know. So I think that that's the other thing. When you independently publish, you get to pick a cover. Sometimes the publishers they do it for you, and you can't keep changing covers if you don't like it. So Stephen, we'll talk a little bit about that for so you know how you do the graphics. Uh, uh, 
what comes in your mind. Like certainly when you saw Martyrs, you know, it's great, all the graphics. I mean, it's just They're great adorable things. covers. They're just great. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 Well, um, part of the process is to get to know the story, and um, you know, one one thing that I've always kind of stuck with as a hallmark of graphic design for for anything having to do with fiction or stories uh, is to not reveal too much, to 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 not be super specific, especially when it comes to your characters. If you show a character on the cover of the book, you automatically put in the reader's head what that character looks like, and and nothing is left to the imagination. So I love to use right. shadows and and the hint of uh, the hint of the character, but not. Uh, but but in in recent times, uh, you know, I, I used to do a lot of graphic design by pulling together various. Uh, found art and, and photography and and other graphics in and blending them together in Photoshop to create covers. Um, and the, the real game changer, especially for you freelance for you authors who who uh, you know don't don't um, have a lot of money to spend on <laughs> a real game changer is artificial intelligence. The the uh, the image generation. I'm using primarily Midjourney is uh, a, an, a, an image generation AI, uh, and some people find the AI controversial. We'll get into that later, but uh, it is a game changer for 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 this kind of thing because I am not an illustrator. Um, illustrators are extremely expensive. So uh, the, yes. the AI gives me the opportunity to visualize something, and then again I take it into Photoshop, and I, I sometimes I'm blending multiple images together to create the cover. And um, but but that takes with Marta's book. Well, yes, I mean, you're skill. in Photoshop. You can't, I mean, you can't that. just right, right. So I mean, you know, right yeah. because you know it's not just. Oh, you put it on. I mean, you have to be skilled to do that because to come out the way yours do, you can't, you know, just throw it out. So that's one of the things too. You know, you have to have the skill to do it. Yeah. Well, the, the skill and and also the patience. I mean, any anybody could watch yeah. a couple of YouTube video instructional videos on how to use Photoshop, uh, but it's going to take you two weeks where it takes me. You know, that's that I've been doing it for twenty years. So right. Uh, I can I can move very fast. Um, so for I, I just want to ask for down. people that are, I, can you just say what price range? Not only yours, but what is the price range for people that they could expect to spend, starting at the lowest to the highest, so they just have some idea. Because a lot of people have no idea how much a cover costs. So if someone quotes them two thousand, they say, "Oh, okay, fine, I'll do this." So what would be just a range mm-hmm. that people should look? look to for that well by large um my median price my median price for a book cover is three hundred dollars um you know there's kind of a sliding scale because some people just don't have money to spend on a cover and then you know i read a book or i know them somehow and i'm like okay you know we'll let we'll we'll fudge the price here but um yeah you know, a lot of other designers would would charge you anywhere from five hundred to two thousand, like you said, right. and beyond. Right. Um, 
but but with the again with the advent of the AI, it makes my job a whole lot easier uh, getting the graphics because otherwise I'm looking through uh, stock photos and things like that, trying to piece together what I need, and I'm spending money out of pocket to to right. to to buy buy right. the graphics needed for the cover. Um, so again, that 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 makes my price point lower. Um, yes. So that's about so that's a good thing so people can know that. Yeah. If you want to see because, uh, yeah. magnificent covers, uh, if you want to see really magnificent covers, uh, go to my website, uh, which is uh, Robert Walker. I have it on here. Yeah, yeah, books dot com. Uh, yeah, um, because right. Actually, all, all three of our websites have the book have my book cover designs on them. My my own personal right, website right. is my uh, my graphic design website, and Dad's of course is yeah. Dad, and Marta's website I also developed and did a lot of the covers for. Uh, right. Yeah, he he redid stuff. most of my covers too. Yeah. He's, re- you know, he's I, redone all of my covers. All of my covers from. Publishing from New York publishers and about forty books. He's redone all of them, and they're they're all better than what the New York publishers uh, did for me. Well, that's that's the thing. See, that's the right because I I do look at a lot of covers all the time, and I am shocked at how you know they're really not good, you know. And so that's why I want people to know it doesn't always cost two thousand. You can work something out and get somebody with talent because sometimes. Um, editors in the publishing houses don't exactly see what you see. You know, some editors are not that creative. You know, that's one of the things in the market of children's books. When you send to children's publishing companies without any illustrations, sometimes those editors looking at the words on the page cannot envision, you know, they just don't envision your what you're thinking, and they pass on the book, which if the book had great illustrations, the whole thing would work out. The whole book would be beautiful, but they don't do that. And so um, that's a problem for children's authors. You know, that, well, you know, they, I mean, some, because some... They, often, they often don't know what the story is. They don't read the book, and they write copy editing, put, which is the stuff on the back of the book, and then the yeah. artist goes from back, the, the errors in the back of the book, uh, the artist or a marketing director takes it from there and yeah. it just yeah. gets multiply multiply multiple errors. Yeah. I've had a couple yeah. of I, book I, covers. I, I've had a couple that I, I can hard, I can't hardly stand them myself. Um, yeah. one looks like a one looks like a textbook. Yeah. Um, well, see, right, right. You have to be creative. I mean, you need to be creative for this. That's why, you know, even if you just look at a picture, doesn't mean you're going to be able. It's going to be good on a book cover. So creativity comes into that, you know. So all of this matters in a book. Oh yeah. You know, especially yeah, when you're a lot of times the publishing houses are more con- they're more concerned about money than they are about creativity. Uh, yeah. and and uh, respect for the, the author's story. Um, yeah. And, you know, like Dad said, I, I, half the time it's like, did you actually read the book? Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. No, that is But you true. also get and into they, big, big presses and small presses and small presses. Yeah. You have to pay for your cover yourself. 
That's correct. That's sometimes, correct. Sometimes. I've been doing some covers some the, for small yeah. publishers. Um, you know, one one dad's been working with, and uh, basically, I've been doing the covers for free. Uh, it's like, okay, yeah, come on, yeah, no. See that's see that's because the whole you have thing, to pay you know? for the covers. You have to pay for the illustrations, even with a small. Yes, yeah, you know. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when people don't, you know, years ago, people would go like, "Oh, I, I don't want to pay for anything," and that worked years ago. Because you could say, like, oh, I don't want to pay for a review. I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay for that. But this is not happening now. You have to pay. If you want your book to look good and you want to sell, which I'll get to this in a minute because Marta does a lot of marketing. So that's another thing. You can do everything wonderful, and then your book just sits there. So, Marta, talk a little bit about what needs to be done. And it's really hard to get an audience um it is now. It's not like it was because now Facebook, it does not get anywhere sometimes. And people are going like nobody's sharing, nobody's looking. It, that's what happens. So you have to find alternatives to that. What are you telling people, Marta, these days what to do? I'm telling them to look for other sites. I'm going to be um, starting a YouTube. I'm working on starting a YouTube shop. A channel. Hey, Stephen, I'm going to need a graphic for it. <laughs> no um, for children's books, where I'm yeah. literally going to sit in a stuffed chair and do it the old-fashioned way um, and read the book like I'm on TV or pieces yeah. of the book for once a week. But right. do TikTok. Do Instagram. That's yeah. if, um well, that's you fun, Marta, but uh, also don't forget about your newsletter. I have yeah. my newsletter, which I, yes. um, which by Are the way, Marsha, I have your newsletter? book in coming up. Yes, I have your book, one of your books coming in it in the next couple of weeks. Um, I throw people. You never ever know when I'm going to throw your stuff in it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can say you're going to do a newsletter. You know, um, because I, mean, I, I, hunt, I, I hunt over Facebook yeah. and Twitter, and it, what different people I know are doing, and I will put them in my newsletter. Going back to okay, how I'll, good I'll, I'll, is. I'll, yes, I'm going to add a little something I mean, to this. Also, people people need reviews. So Kathy Goldwyn, who will be on the show in a couple more weeks, which she's been on before, uh, she has a service, and I think it's a wonderful service. It's $50, and then she has a lot of readers, and you can get reviews that way. And they're fair reviews. They all read the book. It's a really great service. So, you know, I, that's what I would suggest to people because you can't keep putting out, I want a review, because these people out there are not reviewing your book. And, if you know, that's the thing. I'm always looking for newer audiences because your friends are your friends, but they're not buying your book. They're just, I don't know what they're doing. They're not buying the book. You know, and so no matter how hard you try to get reviews, you have to figure out other ways to get them because people just aren't reviewing like they did before. They're, you know, that's how it is. And you are in competition with people, which I still have no idea how they end up getting 2,000 reviews. You know, because in Amazon, I've said this, I think I say this every show, if we didn't have all the ratings on Amazon, most people would probably sell more books because – the competition is so high, and everybody looks at the people that have the number one to, like, maybe 100, and that's, 
that's only all those people. But what about everybody else? And the next thing I want to just say before I get into the conversation is also, you know, if the book is an older book, you can read a book that's 10 years old and still enjoy it. I do not, you know, I look at all of the things. I'm always on Facebook. I'm on a lot of sites. And they're only pushing new books. This is so insane. I can't, like, okay, like, Robert, you just mentioned, you know, Mark Twain. Okay, people still read those books. So I yeah, think that's classic. one of the things that's not helping anybody. So I, I just always like to add that when people are, because people feel depressed that their book isn't getting where it should be. But if you enjoy writing and you love the book you did, then just be happy with that and just do the best you can and keep writing. So I, that's my, that's mm-hmm. it. But I just wanted to say that because it's important that people know that you don't need to have 2,000 reviews to have a good book. I'm not sure where all those reviews are coming from. I don't trust them. I myself. know. I, I I have no idea. I, I, I you know I I might have know how that happens. I might have forty reviews, but yeah. they're they're actual actual reviews. Right. And they're, right. they're real. Going yeah, back to what, real. going back to how good going back to how good Steve's work is. Um, mm-hmm. I've had thirteen books that were published by small press using his mm-hmm. covers, and most small press as well as New York publishers will not use outside art from anyone. Right. Um, that's just they one of the things that they do. It's, right, it's they, in-house. They have yeah. their own, they have their own uh, art art department. And Steve has, uh, has, has had 13 of my books covered, you know, from outside, which is really... Some kind of record. So, because I the think the covers that he's done for me are so fabulous. Yeah, yeah they are. They're, they are. They are. You know. Um, Can I ask I, I've changed my, Stephen how he yeah, ended up coming up with the mice covers? Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's a process. I mean, you know, it just. Um, I read as much of the book as I can, first of all, and get a feel for the characters and the story, and and. Um, I, one thing about me is that I'm extremely intuitive. I, I used to work at a New Age bookstore, of all things. Uh, ah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the <laughs> store had psychic readers. The store, and I explored yeah. a lot of spirituality. And uh, I, it's just I have an innate intuition when it comes, especially when it comes to to creative clients. A lot of my clients are are really not exciting stuff, you know. I mean, the the more interesting ones are the nonprofits that you know do good things in the community. Um, but then I have a lot of private investigators that, of all things, um, and, and boy, they're you know it's just not very exciting work. Uh, so doing book covers like kind of sparks my creativity and I've never had right. the patience to sit down and write a dang novel I just uh, I used to write a lot of poetry um, back back when I was getting my writing degree uh, but I just never could get it together I don't know how y'all do it <laughs> but uh, I really enjoy bringing that into sorry yeah go ahead I just really uh, get a kick yeah. out of bringing 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 the, the story to life. It's it's like uh, when somebody's starting up a company and I do a logo for them, 
and they're, you know, they're, they're just getting off the ground or they haven't even gotten the company off the ground. They get that logo, they get that business card. And it's like, they, they just feel so inspired to, to, yeah. to, 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 to be great. And, and that's, that, that, that's what right. I live for. Yeah, well, that's and that's very good because that cover. that's that's a good thing to hear because you don't hear that all the time because everything is so, so mechanical in this world. This one does this. That's why I thought today would be an interesting show because all of you are there and you've worked on the editing and you know marketing and the cover and you know ideas. So I think that people that think they can just say oh one two three you can't you cannot write a book one two three. This is a process. And but the, you know, cover is, it's the cover is important. Go ahead, Ms. The funny thing about the mice books is that when you start to get intuitive and empathetic and name your mice, they become characters. Right. It's very hard to think badly of them. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're still, two years later, filling in holes. Well, let's yeah. just put it this well, way. Well, it's funny because the, the, somebody... the mice of Barnville uh, short stories came, the, the, the covers came first, essentially. <laughs> yes, they did. They, they did? inspired oh, the book. Interesting. They, really? they inspired oh, the book. Oh, good. Each one of oh, the graphics he sent me inspired the episodes. I've had stories inspired by a, by a single title. You know, sometimes a title will inspire me to write uh, the book. Yeah. Um, like uh, Ghost Gun. When the first time I heard that term, I knew I wanted to write a western, and uh, yeah. I did. I wrote yeah. three three of that title series of three. Yeah. Uh, title ma- title matters. A title matters too. I write, I have lists of titles if I think of something and I just put a title down and that can make you think of the whole story. If you and that's but if you don't inspired. write it down inspired. Yeah, yeah. It's that's a good that's the other thing get... Stephen did is that he took what was going to be a short winter story that turned into a novel, Fris mm-hmm. on the Wind, he named it. Oh really? Oh, yeah. oh interesting. I forgot I had done that. <laughs> yeah, we we brainstormed on titles and uh, yeah. He he, David, it's, it he named it. He created the most magnificent cover. Um, yeah. based upon the characters that I was writing about, but the cover yeah. came about midway through the book. But yeah, I well, no, maybe a quarter of the way through the book. But the I had no name for it, and um, I don't know if the book would have taken the same direction or not. Except my characters do, they do take me on a merry chase, and I just kind of well, that's what it. they should do, right? That's what characters do, <laughs> you know, whether they're. Uh, Dogs, mice, you know, because I have my character Gracie, so she's my, you know, I'm going to bring her back. But I mean, it just a character is a character, no matter what. If it's a horse, like as you know, you know, it's just how it is, you know. So I think mm-hmm. people, that's what writing is. It's imagination, you know, and that's what obviously creating a cover and a title that goes along with it. So you have to have some kind of an imagination. 
to do this. And or, so does a good like, editor who is able to yes, understand the story well yes. enough to yeah. bring your care, add conversation or a scenario into what the characters would be doing because they understand the story. Yes. But also to steer you in the right direction when you're heading off, heading off the rails. And because sometimes when you're working on something like that, you, you, you're, you're, you can get too close to it. So having an editor work with you, uh, Dad, I think you wanted to discuss a little bit about uh, the, the, the first person versus third person versus. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. That's good. That's a good topic. Go ahead. That's good. When, uh, First of all, uh, every fiction writer should read uh, Jerome Stern's Making Shapely Fiction. Fantastic book. And I wrote, uh, I wrote up my class, the class I've taught for 40 years. I put in book form, and that's called Dead On Fiction. Oh, I'm sorry, Dead On Writing. And uh, the skills, like for instance, when you start a book, you have to decide who's going to tell the story. First person, second person, which is kind of rare, mm-hmm. or third person. Third person, multiple point of view. Now, first person, you only have one point of view. It, it restricts you. Uh, there are some great first yes. person novels written, or singular character, you know, like my Daniel Webster Jackson and the Wrong Way Railway. Everything's shifted through his mind and his feelings. That's singular. But if you write a multiple, you've got two cops riding in a in a squad car. Both of them, you get into the minds of both of them, and there's a multiple multiplicity. So uh, Jerome Stern's book is the best thing I've ever read about discuss, this discussion about these items and uh, vo- voice. Yeah. This creates a vo- voice of your characters. The voice that the narrator, the narrative voice, the voice is the secret to all good work. Yeah. Now the yeah. question the I have seen. for you, Rob, when you're finished, yeah. finish up, yeah, I was just, and then uh, I'll. Is yeah, I was just saying when that, you have multiple. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Voice, voice alone, is the first place you start with your first scene, your first chapter, your first sentence, who's telling the story? Is it one singular voice or is it going to be multiple? Yeah. Narrative. So, can you do If your narrator is a child, it's one thing. If your narrator is an adult, a police officer, uh, he's going to know a lot about police. If he's a professor at a college, He's going to have a different voice. Who's telling right. the story? What does he? What does he sound like? Okay. Now, can you That's take and do first person multiple characters doing first person with multiple uh, characters? I, I mean, can you turn. have? Well, maybe she's. Made, I don't know. Maybe if you did a different chapter. Maybe if you did a different chapter. If you, for instance, the mice books. I don't know. No, actually, your mice book is in mo- No, your mice multiple. books are in multiple, multiple points of view. Because you have all the characters 
discussing things with each other, you know, dialogue. You don't have one character saying, well, I saw this and this is what I think. And right. Yeah. There's a restriction. There's restriction to first person. I don't like yeah. writing in first person stuff. I want the uh, unrestricted, multiple point of view. Remember, remember yeah. your your characters. The mice go from the elders, and they have a scene together, and then it goes to the the younger mice, and they have a scene together. That's multiple point of view. And you did it so instinctively because I didn't tell you to do that. Well, you sort of kind of did. When you <laughs> when I first was starting to write Dinky's, Dinky the Nurse Mayor's Bowl, which is about my real horse, yeah. who I adopted at four months old and watched him grow up and knew his story. Um, yeah, I recall. You told me to read Jack London and all of these <laughs> Everything I could find that was told first person animal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> interestingly it's enough, somebody told me, an editor told me, <clears throat> you cannot have it done by the horse from the horse's point of view. Well, <laughs> it's the whole I book you, is written I, from the I various horses' points of view. And I told you if, if it's about the woodchuck, it's from the woodchuck's point of view. <laughs> right, you did. Yeah. Right, right, because that's mm-hmm. the like when I, my Gracie when she talks, it's her point of view. You know, she's talking. She's the comedy in the romantic comedy, but she's talking. So that's whatever she's saying. You know, I think that's the other thing. I just want to bring this up. We were talking about this a few weeks ago. Sometimes, you know, authors like myself. You know, I I didn't get a degree in writing, um, but I think we just kind of write. Right, exactly. Well, right. right. That is what happened after lab school. I was a lab tech for years. I worked for doctors and hospitals. So I went to a a college that, you know, they offered, you know, adults returning to college. So I explained to them what I wanted to do. So they said, listen, go home and write. And that's what I did, you know, because (laughs) anything I would have taken, wouldn't have done what I needed to do. But you have to, when you're writing, sometimes we don't have to think about every, if we've got a pronoun, an adverb, because I think that's what makes people get writer's block. You just have to write yeah. it, and that's what you need a good editor for, because if you start second-guessing everything you do, you'll never finish a book. And that's what. Yeah. That's why that's I think... Great. You know, right? Going in, like what you're saying is good. I think that dead on writing. I didn't get that, but somebody you mentioned that on my show. I think, and somebody else was going to get that book. So I think I'm going to look up that book too. It's a wonderful book. Wonderful book. Yeah. There are skills that you can learn. That you can. It becomes part of your writing. Uh, right. I got a lot of prompts, a lot of lessons and prompts that I use in my class, and I've had students learn to emulate the voice of their favorite author and then I would try to guess who that was, that author yeah. and of course that's if, it was somebody, if I had never read the author if it was Jack London I, I would tell them oh that's Jack London oh that's Mark Twain <laughs> but if they, if it was somebody that I would never have read, read I would uh, I, I would lose but the idea was 
you can learn to it's it's a compliment to learn to write like your favorite author to use which is another lesson which is another lesson Robert told me when we first met back in 2009 and I was working on Dinky's book is he told told me pick up a book and finish a story from that book first person yeah yeah right and the first yeah, person I, yeah. It was inter- interestingly person. enough. It was also a, when I went to um, Honors English. It was a, one of the lessons that my teacher, ha- my professor, had us do: is take a short story and finish it in the voice of the characters. Yeah, you know, or extend uh, it, or do a second, a second story. Extend the uh, you know the yeah. story you read. Extend it for another scene. Correct. See, that's a good thing when you're saying scene. Okay, so what I was going to say is, like, when you want to write, like, dialogue, like, we were talking about how to write dialogue. Because if you put people in a room together and then they just talk. You know, I write – that's how I learned dialogue from writing, like, screenplays. Because if you put two people across each other on a table, at a table, you know, even even if it's two dogs talking to each other, you, they're just talking. You say like, "Oh, like, what are you wearing?" Or something like this. Why are you wearing this? Or you know, get change your clothes. It looks horrible, or something. You know, but I mean, that's when you get to learn how to write dialogue because you have to. And the people in the room just don't sit there; they talk usually. You know, I so that's it, what I you can the, do. I call it the Cracker Barrel um, scene where you get all characters: the guy that knows everything. Uh, the jerk, the, the the nice lady, and they move they move around the room. You know? They open the window. Right, exactly. They, they go to the door. Right. They go to the counter and they purchase something. Get back to the cracker barrel. Now, interestingly enough, because of my professor and Rob telling me the same thing. Um, I finished a number of my mother's short stories, and I finished a short story my sister started, which she had talked to me about it back in 2012. And she had me look at the very beginning parts, and I told her, you can't start every sentence with I, 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 me, me, me. And then I never saw the story again, but I did know how she wanted the not yeah. the actual ending, not not how to get there, but it's a ghost story. And she started it, and I have yet to find anyone, including the narrator, who could tell where she left off and I finished. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, and, and also maybe maybe Stephen maybe Stephen can do a graphic to get you there. No, no, no. I got there. The book's out. Right, but I mean to first, on anything you were thinking of, because that's what somebody like Stephen, uh, as you're saying, first, that he gave you help on other books. So if people need to get there, no, I this one, I'm just talking for people. Go ahead. Oh, for people, yeah. The first, but no, in yes, this particular yes. one, which is called George Haynes, and it's an unusual ghost okay. story, and it takes place in the 1850s during the Comstock Gold Rush. I'm stuck. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. And the, the, um, your, 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 
your relative, she she had gotten IIitis. I call it IIitis, the disease of first person. But she got <laughs> over that because when I in, when I inherited mm. it, that was all gone. Mm. Yeah. And she rewrote, I it. Finished... she rewrote it in third person. No, she rewrote it in first person. She rewrote it in first person. Oh, okay. Without that. Well, in my, some stories did, some stories need to be first person. Like but then, said, then, stories, might be. then she extended it to start writing what you call the the multiple PO, POV. Yeah. Um, multiple points of view. And yeah. in that mix is where I got the story and finished it to where she was going to end up with it after she passed away. Yeah. But I kept oh. in her voice well enough that no one, including the narrator, who is an English professor, could tell where I started. Well, maybe your thoughts are like, you know, I mean, sisters. Well, it's partially that, and it's partially yeah. going back to Stevens working in the New Age bookstore. I used to be a psychic. You started to years. And so I still you have to be a psychic. I still you can were? do it. I was. Really? Um, I'm so and I, I was, don't know about you. <laughs> I didn't know about you. I actually was in the psychic story. I was in the whole psychic um, wow. world with a lot of very, very famous psychics <clears throat> doing... Well, um, I have an idea. Okay, if you know people or Stephen, I want to have a show like that. So if you know some psychics, <laughs> come on the show. We used to... I Years ago, I've had a few people on. I, I love that topic. It's, I, I believe in it. I think it's a wonderful thing to talk about. So, Marta, that will be a new yeah. job here. Find, you can find <laughs> people and be on this show because I do like to talk about that. You know, I'm, well, I'm very superstitious, so that's another thing. But I just wanted to add something. When you sing about first person, you know, you could do, when people are writing a story, and sometimes if you add a letter in or, you know, somebody writes a letter, that can be in first person, and you can learn about the character then. So that gets the reader maybe to feel a little more personal with you once you write a letter about that character or, or the character writing a letter to somebody. I've done novels where the first person part of the novel is from the serial killer, and uh, the rest of it is third person because that's from the the detectives right. trying to catch them. Because that's how it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to ask Stephen a question. All right now, if if a person has, all right, let, well, I'll use the person. It's me. I'm going to talk about for a second. All right, I have a book. I have a screenplay, but it's. Because it, it's, it matters, though. Okay. Cause, so Grand Central Station was the script. Was the script. And it, it mm. was, you know, it didn't get made, but people really liked it. So I made it into Grand, a book. And it's not anything really. It's so much different. It's, it's so very different. Anyway, so I used the title as my title on my book. And people like the book, but I think I, I made a book. mistake. So. But I don't think my title is good because for a screenplay it was good, but not for a book. So, and then every single cover I've had, and I've tried like a lot of them, and um, 
that's what I might want to do. Maybe I should, because I'm not happy. Title or the cover. Oh, Stephen Never. would be able to make you a fabulous right. uh, cover. So I will, so title. I may I be, mean, right, I may be a client soon because I, it's bothered, it still bothers me. I think the book would do much better with another title. And I've had different titles, you know, when I did it for screenplays, because when you write a screenplay, you just keep changing the title a lot of times, so it goes out there in a different title, because you don't really know what works. But for me, it never worked. So if people are out there listening, and you think you have that problem, then maybe you should, because I know a lot of people that are redoing books from years ago, because... Things have changed over the years, and if you're not getting play out of your book and you think the story still can make it, maybe hiring someone like Stephen would help because that has been an issue for me all the way along, every cover, no matter what That I've is had. such a great story, and Marsha, I have to agree with you, the cover. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> no, okay. It, it doesn't. Um, okay. And it it's doesn't. a great so I, story. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I really love that story. That's like one of my favorites, and I really think and it's I one of mine too. Name. I've read it three yeah. times. So I think, so I think that you're. So I'm honest enough to say. So when you're looking at your own work, try to be honest. Like I made the mistake also within that book for an audio book. I had a. Uh, I'm going to change it because I had an English accent, and I it's all messed up at Audible. But but be honest with yourself. I think to say, you know what, I made a mistake, I need to change it. And a lot of people don't think they should do that, but I think you could. uh, Stephen, don't you think out there there's a lot of people that need to really think about their covers and because that's all they get to show out there on Amazon? Yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I I see so many of the covers that end up out there and – you know, it's 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 your first impression, uh, and I, it, yeah. I I think um, you know. It, By the and, way, George changed so, so the cover too. <laughs> so so often, it's like somebody gets their, their a relative who has some some graphic design or illustrative talent, but not enough. Uh, and and right. then you're then right. then you're dealing with uh, hurt feelings and stuff like that. So that's where things can get a little hairy, but, um, you know, a, a good book cover goes a long way. I, it really does. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, a good, I'm and not saying George Haynes isn't a good book cover, but the, and the name won't change, but the, it it needs something well, more three-dimensional. Hey, Steve, talk, talk to them about Lettering, just lettering. Not and the lettering. Yes, that's right, a good right. idea. Uh, it, right. A lot of times, uh, when somebody you can you can immediately tell when a, a book cover has not been professionally designed from the typography. Um, typographic choices on, on on book covers is critical. Uh, you know, everything just from the size of the title to the size of the author name. Uh, but the choice of typeface, uh, the variation in the typeface. Like if you look at Marta's book cover for The Mice of Barnville, you can see where I've tweaked the size of the, the, the first letter and the last letter in the title. 
and it it really makes it more dramatic. Uh, and that's just one example. Uh, and it makes it but more it depends on what, what you're trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. three dimensional too. Uh, you know, it kind of draws you into the scene on the cover. Um, but uh, you know, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, All right, he, I'll finish it. But all right, has, so you know, he actually has, great. You know, go ahead. He, he actually and not to use. He me, told he taught me not to use the same fonts in the cover. He actually has my handwriting, my signature, on ten books, my blood screen series. I don't know. Yeah, how he yeah well, as you know, as you as the author name. So, uh, more to more to mention, like you, what <laughs> one. one Using different typefaces for the title and the author name provides another layer of separation between that bit of information and the other bit of information. So that's a good idea. But also, I see a lot of books, I see a lot of covers with the title is like multiple words and all the words are the same size. And and it's like, yeah, that that just is no drama. Yeah. So well, if well, you, I think if that's very true. You know, I, it, I, yeah. That matters. Well, I think that's part of know. a cover is is whether or not it has a it draws you in with the cover because there's yeah. drama in the cover. Yeah, yeah. and just uh, uh, okay. Uh, imagine the okay. mice of Barnville. Now, how important is the word the? Um, mm-hmm. So you make that smaller and make. Mice bigger, of smaller, barnacle yeah. bigger, and it provides this, this hierarchy that that uh, makes it much much more dramatic, without a whole lot of effort. I mean, it's not that hard to do. <laughs> well, right, but colors, well, colors. yeah, there is a, there is a that right. It matters, you know, and like I, for me, like even in my books, like when I've done them, uh, Robin, who does them from Fidelic, she's a graphic artist, so. Uh, I, I've always said, oh, why isn't it the same font? But it's not. So I guess I'm looking at my book now, so now I understand what you're saying. And I say, oh, why don't you put it in the script? She goes, no, you can't do that. So she just changes, you know, because when she looks at it, she sees it maybe the way you do. It should be different. Mm-hmm. I always thought it should be the same. That's why I'm not a graphic artist. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but that's why, you know, well, I think people have to realize that, a writer can be a lot of things, but we also need help. That's why I'm glad you all came on the show today because what we're talking about is how what it takes to do this, that you just don't sit down one day and the book comes out and everything is fabulous. It doesn't work that way. It takes time and energy and a lot of people working together to make it right. And so this is, independent publishing can be great. It just means you're you're not with a big publisher. That doesn't mean you can forget about the cover, forget about the editing, forget about if the story works. You need to still do those steps. So I'm hoping people, so at the end of the day, okay, Stephen, what would you say to people out listening out there about their cover, what they need to do? Well, you need to communicate clearly what your expectations are and, and what your vision is, but you also need to be flexible because uh, some people get so specific that there's no yeah. way on earth, on God's green earth, unless you hire an yeah. illustrator, that that's going to, to happen. 
And being so incredibly literal, I had one author one time who wanted like I, I, some of the some of the uh, ideas people have are just so complicated. They have so many elements that they want shoved into the cover, and it's just not necessary. Yeah. It creates a it right. creates a mess. There's nothing to focus on. The the you know right. there, there's in graphic design there's such a thing as hierarchy of of focus. Um, so you know you you want to to create the drama you you have it think about it in three dimensions you you have the the main subject and you have the setting and you have uh, maybe one or two other elements that that hint at what the nature of the story is and and it, you think about it in three dimensions um, yeah instead of two <laughs> yeah and okay. I think that's a really a, a good that. idea. And so, Marta, can I ask well, you a question? Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're almost done with the so, show, but yes, definitely. So if you Stephen, if you were going to take um say all right, my sister got started with the story George Haint and Haint being an old fashioned southern word for hot. Yeah. And you have George who is the point of view and everything is really told through him and his talking to himself and his memories up until the very end and then the story was inspired by a picture my sister sent me of an old shack in the hills in the um, gold hill silver hill section of Virginia City Nevada so you have the Mm -hmm. old shack and George wakes up in the old shack again, and it's falling apart, and you have George. And you don't find out what George actually is until the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have a murder mystery. No, no dog. And you have a murder mystery. Mm Mm-hmm. And you and you have a ghost, what would you do with something like that? I'd tell you more, but well, I don't want to give everybody away the story. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's hard to say. I, I'd first go and experiment with, uh, uh, you know... Well, more let's just a, sit uh, there and say that George is the, the main ghost. Mm-hmm. Who's also a murderer. Well, I, I would experiment <laughs> with um, imagery that that, uh, that, that would provide the atmosphere that would make it clear that this is a ghost story. However, not getting too specific, I, I would need to know like one other, possibly one other element there because we we would sit down and have a discussion about the the full point of it so that I get the idea of what this story is trying to get across uh, overall and go from mm-hmm. there uh it's it because that will dictate you know what 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 is actually shown on the cover but also the mood of the cover so i'd, okay, I'd so first start with a, a mood story. and well well Marta, you, you're going to put it in code? a category do you want an audible but, code the short oh, you story mean you want is about a 30 minute listen all right well 
No, I'm asking if he wants one. Who are you talking? He can say no. Oh, oh. Stephen. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't understand. I don't, I don't Do you think want an audible right, quote right. to listen to it? It's a. It's about a half an hour. Yeah, sure. I mean, that that, yeah. that absolutely helps. So, um, usually what I end but up doing is go, coming it, up with a couple of pieces of imagery. Category anyway? mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily sell it. All right. So, wait, Marito. Let let's just yeah. I, I I need to end the show today so because um, I have an appointment but I want Robert I want to ask you a question Robert are you for hire for editing so people will know Oh yeah uh, okay edit, and uh, we know I, that yeah email. yeah email okay so people can hire you I and Stephen we we can hire Stephen yeah. and Marta marketing. Not really, I'm right now. Okay, all right. So you're done with. Okay, so right. So if well, you're not thinking until about after the beginning cover. of the year, not. not okay. So if you're thinking about a cover, if you're thinking about a cover, you know, contact Stephen because you it's on the website here, and uh, if you need editing, talk to Robert. So this is a good thing for people that have been listening today. If you want to get your book done right and you need to have ideas even, and I'm also going to think about this on my book. So if you're thinking about changing up your book, it might be a good idea because if you're not getting what you want out of it. So, I mean, it's just a thought, you know, doesn't mean you're going to sell so many more copies, but you might. So on that alone, it's enough because Marta's covers are good. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Goldwyn has covers now, you know, so you've changed a lot of people's covers, Stephen. So that's a good thing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Just have a yeah. look at uh, yeah. have a look at my work yeah. on my website and right. Uh, right. you know see see what you think. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Is that my newsletter on my yeah. website? <laughs> mm-hmm. What? And I charge uh, reasonable. Both of us charge reasonable prices. Okay, good. Yeah, all people like that because people really can't afford a lot. I mean, some of the that's why I do the show to try to tell people what they what they could do to help themselves and not get into a bind where they're paying two thousand dollars for a cover and it's just not going to even be what they yeah. want. So that's the thing. You have to protect yourself when you're an independent author that you don't make a lot of mistakes that are costly because I have seen many people make a lot of mistakes. And spend a lot of money, and yeah. it's very sad, and I don't like that. So that's not good. So, and I want to thank everybody for being on the show today. And I hope Robert, you'll come back. Stephen, you'll come back. Marta, yeah, we'll all come yeah. back. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean by? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my God. You're of course, always anytime. welcome. All right. Anybody that's ever wanted to be much. on my show. You're welcome. Anybody that wants to be on the show, just let me know. I'm more than happy to have you as a guest. So we can add you in one of our conversations. And thank you. Okay, and Stephen, thank you. It was great meeting you, and I will absolutely contact you. And Marita, I'll talk to you soon. And thank you all. Everybody have a happy, happy, healthy Thanksgiving to everybody. You too. too. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.